It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Well, I'm actually not at the Phoenix Park Hotel. This is the radio role for the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Uh, it is uh, uh, hold their feet to the fire. I think this is uh, Ira Melman. How many years have you guys been doing this? Uh, this is our 14th year. Oh, I've been here 14 years then. <laughs> <laughs> I just went on the air, and I just was going to describe. Uh, we are now, uh, this year, we are on the, roof, the rooftop of Fox News which is about two blocks down, and um, man, it's very familiar to me because I worked for Fox for so many years, and I never was on the rooftop, though. I missed that part, so we're outside. We have like a tent over us. There are radio hosts from all over the country, and of course, our goal is to talk about what we can do to stop what's happening at the border uh, with the Afghan nationals, with you know everything that's happening in our country. We all see that there's a very serious problem. We've been working on this for years, trying to stop it. And Ira Melman, Ira, I, I don't know your exact title. I'm the media director. All right, I should have known that, but. Um, Ira, we've been doing this for so many years, and every year I think we're going to have some improvement. We've had strategies. We've, had, we've all worked together. We actually have pushed back a lot of things, even during the Bush administration, some terrible things. But it's ironic, isn't it? How Did we ever think we'd come to this point where there's, we virtually have open borders? Right. I mean, we've had years where there's been negligence on the part of the administration in power. Now we have sabotage. Yeah. They took up an immigration policy that was working. It wasn't perfect. I mean, there were still problems. There were still people coming through. But they have just blown the doors off. They, they, this administration is... This is not bad policy. This is deliberate policy yes. on the part of the administration not to enforce our laws. You know, I always... I know people have trouble believing that. And that reminds me of a clip that I like to play. It's a... I don't know what number it is, Adam, but it's the clip where Biden expresses himself on, uh, you know, like opening the borders up, but it goes way back. Can you find that one and play it for us really quickly? Okay, while they look, let me know. Speak into my ear once you find it. Um, he basically says, you know, I, uh, okay, here it is. Let's just hear it out of the horse's mouth because it sounds radical, Ira, when you say this is intentional. Uh, who would do that intentionally? Even Democrats. I heard an MSNBC host remark about, you know, well, where's Kamala? What's going on? Even MSNBC is wondering. So here is Biden, and this kind of tells us where he's coming from. Let's listen. An unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. It's a source of our strength. 
Ira? Well, uh, is that the look, source I, of our strength? You know, it, we, we, nobody is trying to get any kind of racial balance here of any kind. Uh, this is not about race. Yeah. This, this is about uh, having people come to the United States in an orderly fashion. It's about recognizing that the interests of the American public are at stake here. And it, it's not about white Americans or black Americans or Hispanic Americans. It's about Americans. Uh, it's a public policy. It is supposed to serve identifiable public interests. Uh, it is not supposed to undermine people's jobs, the quality of their children's education, their ability to access health care. Uh, all of these things are at stake. And, and you know, the president may want to make it about some kind of racial balance, but it's not. Nobody is interested in that. What we're interested in is having a policy that preserves the best interests of the American public, all of the American public. Well, uh it's not an accident that he should make it about race, and you know that, because everything is about race, and they've been doing this for years. Uh, they've been saying that people who want border security or uh, want to enforce our immigration laws are just upset because it's black and brown people, and that's the whole issue. But it isn't the issue. The issue is that we are not bringing people into this country in an orderly fashion and making Americans out of them so that we can have a homogenous society of laws and rules and customs. Uh, you don't have to, doesn't have to be cookie cutter, but there's some things we have to agree on. Like if you adhere to a sh Sharia law, if that's, you can't really ever be an American. Right. I mean, what we forget is that it is a conditional bargain that we allow you to come to the United States to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. But in exchange, we expect certain things from immigrants. We expect them to acculturate into the mainstream. We expect them to abide by the customs of the country, uh, to respect the constitution of this country. So, you know, if you're not prepared to do that, then you shouldn't be coming. Um, it, it is a two-way street. Yeah. We are offering something, but we expect something in return. Yes. And... Um Ira, you guys track the numbers, and I was actually going to go into some of those, but I, I, I know you don't. You were not expecting to be with me, so you, don't, you probably didn't come with your number sheet. But let's talk about get at least a general at, at them an idea of. They always say, "What there are 11 million illegal immigrants or 10." They've been saying that yeah. for 20 the, the years. The needle is stuck there. Yeah. So uh, what? What do you? What's the estimate? Oh, it, it is probably way more. I mean, we, we our most recent estimate is about 15 million, but. That was even before uh, this latest influx. So, I mean, it, it is certainly at least in the 15 million range uh, and growing by the day. So, you know, th this is the equivalent of a, I guess, if 15 million people would be about the fourth or fifth largest state in the United States if they were a state. And if it continues this way, I think I saw some estimates by 20. 30. It's going to be an unbelievable, because we have children, chain migration, we have uh, children born uh, of uh, illegal immigrants who are Americans. I mean, it's just, it really is uh, staggering, the right. numbers. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, this is clearly the policy of the administration. They understand that once people are physically in the United States, it's virtually impossible to remove people. Uh, it, it, it is a long and arduous process, and it, it, it simply, they're here, and they're creating facts on the ground, that once people are here and they're not leaving, then we have to accept that as a fact, and then that's the, the effort here, to pass a mass amnesty. They try to do it in the budget reconciliation oh, bill. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, it, it didn't work because the Senate parliamentarian, Elizabeth McDonough, the, probably the most important person nobody's ever heard of, uh, said, no, you can't do that, but they're not going to quit trying. No, absolutely not. But it, it is interesting to me. I, I mentioned the MSNBC anchor, you know, MSNBC, if anybody wants to have open borders and 
uh, change the country and all of that. It's MSNBC and their anchors. Right. E- even Barack uh, Obama said you, this yeah, is unsustainable. That's right. that's right. I heard him say it. So uh, what, what does that, how does that play out exactly, you think? I, I mean, do you think, because uh, certainly it's always true that some people are ideologues. They are leftist ideologues. They want to radically transform their Marxist and there are others that are all along for the ride and they want a job and, you know, they like the narrative and they want to be in the mainstream, but they haven't really thought this thing through. So how, if you think for, forward about how this is going to affect the Biden administration, uh, I know his numbers are going way, way down. What, what, do, what do you think is going, even the Republicans who've been our, I'm going to say it, enemies on this issue. Many of them have, not all of them, but many of them either have been weak or complicit with opening the borders and with allowing more and more uh, immigration and amnesty. So how do you think this is going to play out? Well, look, if you look at what the Biden administration has done, I I think they understand that these policies are not popular, that they look at the polls the way the rest of us do. What they have also recognized is that they've got a really short window here to try to affect the kind of policy changes, or at least the policy changes that the people in positions of power want to make here in the United States. And they're just going all in. The chips are on the table. They understand that this may cost them in the 2022 midterm elections. Uh, But in the long term, I guess it it brings, you know, he wants to be a transformative president. This is one way to transform the country by simply flooding the country with new people. Yeah, I think you're you're right, and I want to say it again. They are all in, and they expect they're gambling, they're throwing the dice that they can completely take power, uh, corrupt the election process, uh, actually legalize a lot of these, uh, make it possible to vote for a lot of these illegal immigrants, or at least make it really easy for them to vote, not having to prove citizenship and that they will win it all and then it won't matter what the people want and this is what's happened in what Venezuela it's what's happened in Cuba it's, but I don't think Cuba they didn't take over in the democratic process but in Venezuela they did this is what they're aiming for they want to take complete power and force us uh, it doesn't matter what we want right yeah. look it's pretty painfully obvious to most Americans that the folks over there in the capital don't care what we want they're just yeah. going to do what they want yeah. but it's never been as overt as this no uh, there's there is no public support I mean even if you go yeah. down to the lower Rio Grande Valley it's mostly Hispanic mostly democratic uh, control of local governments they are saying this is harming the interests of people in our communities we simply cannot uh, deal with it. We, we, our health system is overwhelmed. Our schools are overwhelmed. All of these things are affecting people in our communities, and it's falling on deaf ears here in, here in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it is. It's just, it, it really is shocking. Okay, so let's talk about uh, employment for a second, Ira. What, what are we, what's happening? How is this affecting employment in the United States? Well, it, ultimately, it is going to affect the ability of people to find jobs because, uh, and, and also to command higher wages. The, the law of supply and demand, you can't cancel that. That, that. that is a law that cannot be repealed. So if you have uh, more people pursuing the number of, you know, a, a number of jobs that are not growing commensurate with the growth of the population and the workforce, that means wages are going to go down. Uh, and we see, you know, the, the division between the haves and the have-nots in this country has never been greater. Uh, and, it's, you know, immigration is not the sole cause, but it is certainly an exacerbating factor. And then health care. At a time when we're all thinking about health care because of uh, COVID, COVID, right. COVID, you know, uh, what does that do to our health care, to our emergency rooms, to our hospitals, to our do- um, a dwindling number of doctors? Right. Go, go down to some of these hospitals along the border. Uh, you'll see that they are overwhelmed, that... 
Um, you know, people are coming across, they have the virus. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, said the other day that one in five of the people coming across has a communicable disease. Oh, no. And, and if you're, you know, we're talking about 200,000 people a month that they're apprehending. You do the math, one in five, that's 40,000 people a month coming in with some kind of communicable disease. In many cases, it's COVID at a time when, you know, we're now worried about the Delta variant and all these other things. You know, what is he doing? What, what, what is he thinking about here? He's, he is the architect of this policy, and none of this seems to make a, a, any kind of impression on him. We've always had a plan. You know, when we've talked at FAIR and we thought, you know, there's a piece of legislation, there's something we get on board with, the hosts and the people, in, you know, state capitals everywhere. What, what, what can we do? Well, um, you know, we can keep making noise. Uh, you know, I think there... There are people, especially in the Democratic Party, who are getting really nervous about this. That uh, They understand that while the grand plan on part of the administration may be long-term, their futures lie in 2022. And they're not willing to, you know, take the fall for the Biden administration's policies. So I think, you know, you, you will start to see more people speak out. I, it's one of the reasons that, um, you know, the, it did I think that it didn't get included, the amnesty didn't get included in the budget reconciliation bill. There probably were quite a few Democrats who said, no, we just don't want to do this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, so we just have to keep putting pressure on. And I think public sentiment, as you said, is really on our side right now with the uh, optics at the border. I think there's another... I understand 30,000 Haitians on their way down. Uh, and uh, gonna, they keep talking about Haitians, but Ira, you know there's uh, there's tons of other nationalities that are coming across that border. And so. the thing about the Haitians is they're not even from Haiti. They, they have been living outside of Haiti for quite some time. Uh, these are not people who are affected by the uh, assassination, the political upheaval, the, the hurricane, the earthquake. These are people who've been living in other countries, and they're getting the signal from Joe Biden yeah. to come to the United States yeah. now. Ira Melman, thank you. It's uh, always a pleasure to be with you guys. You guys do such a first-rate event, and that makes it possible then for us to get the information out uh, more uh, efficiently and also more powerfully. So thanks for all your hard work behind the scenes and all that you do for Federation for American Immigration. Thank, thank you for you. being good, here. Thanks. Good to see you. Thanks for joining me. All right, Sandy Rios, coming up next we have a, a mom who's lost who lost her son to an illegal immigrant. We'll talk about that story next. Stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Jessica Lumen, Acting Administrator of the Wage and Hour Division at the Department of Labor. Her office ensures worker protections concerning minimum wage, overtime, child labor, and family and medical leave. Proverbs 11.1 reminds us of the importance of fair labor practices. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with Him. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Jessica Lumen as she works to ensure fairness in the workplace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. I have some news about Baronelle Stutzman. She's the Baptist grandma who owns a flower shop in Washington State. Baronelle made national headlines when she declined to create a flower arrangement for a same-sex wedding. Doing so would have violated her religious convictions. So Baronelle suggested three other floors she knew would do the job. Instead, one of the grooms went to the media, and a firestorm descended on the Baptist grandmother. The Washington State Attorney General filed a lawsuit accusing her of discrimination. And after an eight-year battle, the Supreme Court declined to hear the case. That means Baronelle will likely be forced to pay damages and attorney's fees, a number that could exceed $1 million. In spite of it all, Baronelle says she believes she won because she was faithful to God. Be sure to download my daily podcast. I have exclusive interviews this week with Senator Marsha Blackburn, Mike Huckabee, and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Available right now at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios coming to you live from the rooftop of Fox News. Uh, Interesting. We are here for Hold Their Feet to the Fire, Radio Row 2021. Uh, and it's beautiful. I'm, we're sitting up. I'm actually looking over at the, the, the uh, Union Station, which is just beautiful. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can see all across the courtyard. I don't um, I see the uh, I, I don't see the the Capitol's yeah. to my hard right. If I look around this, what, terrain that's just standing there in front of me. It's like a coffee place. I, I, but I can see it. It's beautiful. I see the dome of the Capitol and trees. It's just it's a beautiful setting and uh, reminds you of. Our great nation and the beauty that really once was this capital. It still is beautiful, but it's, I think it's marred uh, by what's happening here. And I've noticed that since Barack Obama took office, it began to, the, the sheen, it began to be lost. And, uh, it, and even after 9-11, barriers started going up, and the city that was once so gorgeous began to look like an armed camp. And now I think even more uh, it's looking like that. So it makes me very sad. Uh, but we're fighting for this country and uh, f- for the people that live in it because America is our family. 
it is our family, just like you would defend your family if it were being invaded. So we're trying to do the best we can. Sabina Durden Coulter is sitting with me. Uh, Sabina, now according to what I, this may have changed, but you are a legal immigrant. From where? From Germany. From Deutschland. Deutschland, jawohl. Deutschland Nürnberg. ist über alles, you know? Über alles, ja, mit Bier und Bratwurst. <laughs> and I, you know, I can express you, I could ask if I can borrow your vacuum cleaner. That is my fluent German. I That's love like, it. I brought one just in case. <laughs> All right, and it's hard to, you know what, when you immigrant, immigrate from the, from Europe, it's hard, isn't it? So it's Absolutely. easier if you come over the southern border. <laughs> they don't want you to be a citizen. No, no. Well, it took me six years to become a citizen, and I had to get prodded and propped and medically checked and had to pay money, had to save up money, yeah. and had a Probably sponsor. have to have a job, a sponsor. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the way immigration used to be. Yeah. yeah. I could have done it easier and come through Del Rio and get money. and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just... It's a travesty, but let's talk uh, more importantly. Yeah. More importantly, you had a son. Uh, his name was Dominic. Yes. And um, um, just tell us about him. Tell us about him first. Uh, Dominic was 30 years uh, when we lost him, but his 30 years, he lived life without regrets. He worked for the sheriff's department as a 911 dispatcher. He was a proud mama's boy. We lived together after his dad and I divorced. Uh, we rode our motorcycles together. He was a pilot, had a little Cessna. Just joy. Wherever he went, everybody walked away feeling they were the, his best friend. That's just who he was. They told him he should run for mayor of Moreno Valley in California because everybody knew him. And everybody loved him. <laughs> yeah. So what happened with Dominic? What took um, his life? On July 12th, 2012, he was on his way to work. Um, with this motorcycle when an illegal alien with two felonies, armed robbery, grand theft, two DUIs, the last one just five weeks prior, turned his unregistered, uninsured truck right in front of Dominic and hit him so hard that he killed him instantly and threw him into a wall on the sidewalk. The guy tried to flee, but there were two Marines behind Dominic who saw and witnessed that horrific scene. They caught him. Um, the first responders showed up and they were Dominic's friends because he knew everybody in the police force. They couldn't handle it. Fire department showed up. They couldn't handle it. He was one of their volunteers, and they had to get highway patrol. The DA and the judge knew him. They knew him from prior cases where they just let him go and told him, don't do that no more, because he had more rights than my son, you and I, ever had. And they um, give, gave him a misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter, and he thir served 35 days. 35 days for a life being here illegally with priors. No, no consequences whatsoever. That's yeah. horrible. And the lack of justice, this is what we're seeing. It's like an epidemic we yes. have right now of a lack of justice. Yes. Real justice. I'm not talking about social justice. When I speak of that, I think of what's right and what's wrong Absolutely. for everyone. That's yeah. real justice. Yeah. And that's just wrong. Yeah. And uh, the, the sad part, Sabina, you represent um, advocates for victims of illegal crimes. There are so many stories like this, oh, aren't absolutely. there? Like, give a, Daily. Like, like, I don't know if you can give a number to it, but give us an idea of what we're talking about. How big is the scope here? Oh, it's every day somebody gets affected by illegal alien crime, whether it's ID theft, um, hit and runs. Death is, is one of the worst. And I constantly have new angel moms and dads contact me and tell me, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with this. Because it's always through through the whole scope that illegals have more rights. That's right. They do. N not the victims. No. We get swept under the rug. And nobody would have known about me and Dominic 
if it wasn't for President Trump back then, who met with me privately in 2015. And because of him, I got in front of a microphone. Yeah, you, you, you've testified, you came to, you came to yeah. his inaugural, and you spoke at his, some of his rallies. Yes, yeah. Uh, Been to the White House with him numerous times, and representing Dominic and the thousands of other victims. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's easier for people, if there's a skeptic listening, I think it's easier for people to re- accept the, what you just said, that, yeah. that uh, immigrants have more, illegal immigrants have yeah. more rights than citizens, because we're seeing now... How oh, yes. citizens are being treated. I think of that Marine who uh, spoke out about what was happening in Afghanistan yes. and is now in the brig yes. in solitary confinement. He's not even been charged with anything. <laughs> and I think of the, the, the prisoners, which are just a few blocks from here right. in jail in D.C. Um, Our well, rights are being taken away. Uh, and, uh, for instance, my sister lives in Germany. She cannot come over here to visit me unless she gets vaccinated. So she has no choice. But illegals can come across the Del Rio and get asked, do you want to vaccinate? No, okay, go on. Right. And then the reason we get is, well, they don't stay long. Well, my sister wasn't going to stay long either. Well, they she put them on. They put them on planes uh, without any kind of. Yep. They've been Absolutely. sick. Yep. Yeah. So, and they actually, you know, um, uh, Jen Psaki actually <laughs> admitted that to Peter Ducey yeah. was, you know, yeah. there was no shame about that. So, yeah. it's uh, people starting to wake up. Yeah, I it's, think so it's too. Happening, Sabina. I am. Um, um, is there anything? Do you what brings you comfort about this? That I get to share Dominic. With your listeners, <laughs> with I see everybody. He, she's got his picture. Yes. He's and I have his ashes in a locket around my neck. He's always with me. And um, it, it brings me uh, joy to talk about him. Just because somebody died, that doesn't mean we, we can't mention their name anymore. So um, I'm Dominic's best cheerleader, biggest cheerleader, and I make sure other people will never know what this feels like. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I know you've thought about this uh, more than I have, but... In the scope of things, I keep saying on the air, and I'm going to say it again, that even though there may never be justice in this life and in this That's culture right. because of the way things are going, there is a God in heaven who yes. judges the hearts and deeds of men. He That's judges right. each of us. Yep. And those that have uh, committed crimes like yep. that and those that have made decisions about the law like that, they will be judged by a greater right. judge than we are and by any better than any yep. of our human judges and so that that i hope would bring you absolutely and i know where my son is he's hanging out with god (laughs) what better place to be especially in this time and the worse it's getting the more i think he would have been a motorcycle cop by now put himself out in danger so he's in the best place possible of course the better place would be right here with me But I, well, I not do better. what I can. <laughs> yeah. well, better for you. Yeah, better, uh, better for me, for of course. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's um, I know he's watching. He makes himself known to me. I, I feel him around many times, and I know I'm making him proud because he made me proud for 30 years. That's, yeah. that's cool. Well, yeah. Sabina Durden Coulter, thank you. It's great to meet thank you. Thank you, Sandy. God I bless you. you so God much. bless you. And, thank uh, you. We'll see you maybe next year. Absolutely. Okay. I'll be back. All right. <laughs> ich bin, ich komme wieder zurück. Uh, oh, to Zurich? Nein, zurück. I'm coming back. Oh, tur- oh coming back. <laughs> I'm trying to get you in German. Oh, so, so, darf ich Ihren Stabsager borgen? That's where I borrow your vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you thought I was kidding. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm going to remember you for that. But I'm going to say Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Yeah. Bis, yeah, I, dankeschön. Um, yeah, dankeschön. <laughs>
<laughs> Very nice to meet you and uh, speak German with you. I don't get to speak. You can tell I don't get to speak German. It's been years. Okay, thank you. All right, well, there's a lot of things happening today, and I've got a. Uh, I want to talk to our next guest about some of the stats. Hang on a second. Robert Law is standing here. I know he is because I saw his picture. Robert <laughs> is with the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, he's with good my morning. Mark Krikorian, my good buddy, uh, was with them for, for a number of years. He, uh, Robert is the Director of Regulatory Affairs and Policy. And um, in reading your bio, I found out you, you worked with my good friend Ken Cuginelli uh, through the uh, Trump administration for USCIS. You've testified before Congress, and um, there's just a lot of things to say. You're a policy guy, and you understand numbers, and I need your help on that. <laughs> Let me help you out. Good Robert, to be thanks, here. Thanks for joining us. Hey, I want to ask you, this is not what... One of the things that Mark is a good friend of mine, and he used to talk to me about um, how Center for Immigration Studies had these programs to patriate immigrants. Like as a, all right, if we're going to have so many come over... Uh, and this was, uh, he's talking about legal immigration then. And then we need to actually teach them how to be citizens. And he was very, I, I think Center for Immigration Studies was doing that. Have you guys thought about, you can play, say, I don't know. Uh, I thought about, you know, maybe neutralizing this in some way, like co-opt uh, the, the hordes of people coming across the border and, you know, uh, you know, persuade them to the American way of thinking in some way? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, that that's a great question. And, you know, exactly. The, the, the Center for Immigration Studies, you know, our underlying mission is lower immigration with a warmer welcome. And the key is assimilation. Mm -hmm. And that's why you need to have a more orderly and limited process because it ensures the success of the individual alien and it also ensures that they're ingrained into our American society and our culture and wages for Americans are not negatively impact. And, and Mark was a, a, you know, very active in uh, the citizenship training courses yes. for prospective yep. um, you know, green card holders who are looking to naturalize, um, making sure that you're actually proud of becoming an American, not just you know, you're doing it because you know, certain political allies are kind of encouraging you to do it to, to make eligible to vote or, or things like that. Well, I guess, uh, and I think that was a great strategy. I, I did, because that's like, a, it's like, a, okay, that the comparison that was in my mind is people that, who are pro-life, uh, they are against abortion, and uh, the, the criticism, which is not f founded, is that that's all they talk about, and they don't provide for women that get pregnant, but they do. They have pregnancy centers, and so it's, it's both sides of that coin, and I think that's a good strategy. But we've kind of got a different situation now. The border is just, there is no border. It's out of control, and what I ask you is kind of silly, because how are you going to you know, go in and snatch up Haitians and put them in citizenship classes when we, you know, nobody's controlling? We hardly know who they are. And so, um, Robert, what... Um, you have you really major, as I understand it, on the effect of employment uh, from illegal or this flood of immigrants coming in. What what can you tell us about that in terms of numbers, in terms of the workforce, in terms of the effect it's having on the the, the economy and workers? Sure. What I think a lot of people uh, do not realize is that many of these illegal aliens apprehended at the border who are then cut loose into the interior, that's really their underlying goal. They, they get painted as asylum seekers, but really they're just claiming the word asylum to be let loose. Many of them go on to work illegally in the country, but also 
there are lots of avenues for illegal aliens to actually get a work permit from U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, which uh, you know is just absolutely baffling that you have no lawful right to be here, but you have the, the legal right to work. And all that does is harm Americans. And, and you see it here. Every, it's every new population, right? It was Central America. Oh, we've got to figure out the root causes of that. Then we brought in a bunch of Afghans that we didn't bother looking at, giving them work permits and cutting them loose. And now it's the Haitian population. And it's just like, who, who is next? You know, we're, it's until the entire world's population finds themselves in our country. And as you noted, we cease to have a border. We cease to be a sovereign nation if we just allow um, you know, populations to ignore our immigration laws and, and come here. And, and the direct harm is American workers. Because uh, the primary motive, it seems to me, of people who, well, I'm assuming, who are flooding across the border is probably economic. And we know that they send uh, a ton of our money goes back to other countries. Do you, can you quantify that in any way? I mean, is there a way to quantify? I know Mexican workers are known for coming across the border and being, you know, going back and forth and sending money to their families. I guess there's nothing illegal about that, is there? Uh, no, so remittances is, is what it's known as, okay. and, and basically that's a multi-billion-dollar industry uh, every single year. And, and really, what that is is money coming outside out of the United States. It is money earned, whether lawfully or unlawfully, by uh, a foreign national, and then they take it and they remove it from our economy and they send it back to, to their home country. And, and you're exactly right. Almost all of these aliens are economic migrants because they can do the exact same job here that they were doing in their home country, and they make a lot more. Um, for that same work, and they ask for less money than what a fair wage should be for, for an American similarly skilled. So I don't think it takes, honestly, I think people are understanding now. I do. I think uh, at lower wages, um, minorities who already who live here who are Americans and have a right to work, you know, are competing with now uh, those, those entry-level jobs. Uh, I'm not all my, I'm, let me just say that, minorities who are on the lower economic scale uh, and want entry-level jobs, and even their kids. Uh, it's it's foreign workers who are taking those jobs. And so um, we're creating layer upon layer of difficulty. You know, it occurs to me, Robert, when uh, you guys were working, Ken Cuccinelli was at Customs and Border Patrol, and um, we had such a, a stellar lineup of people working on immigration. I know that you guys were systematically really just investigating every area where you could enforce law and improve it. And uh, I just ha don't think people have any idea the gains that you made. But uh, you're now watching it being systematically unraveled. Um, is there anything that they have not? Uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't. Maybe should whisper it. Uh, but are there, are there some things still in place that they are uh, haven't unraveled? I guess that medical, uh, the one that's happening at the that they have not. Oh, somebody's upset with us. Welcome oh, to DC traffic. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess the one that, uh, I forgot the name of the regulation at the border in terms of medical. They haven't overturned that yet. Uh, the Title 42. Title 42. Uh, uh, no, yes. yeah, that's that's still in place. Uh, there, there's still certain uh, both regulations that we put in place um, as well as various policies and kind of training procedures. They have dismantled a lot. And you can see this is what happens when you recklessly work with essentially a machete instead of a scalpel. They just said, we're going to undo everything that the Trump administration did because it had Trump's name mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. And they had nothing to put in place. Yeah. And as a result, it, you've created chaos at the border. You've got to create chaos in the interior. And, and they just look 
lost, overwhelmed, or maybe this is all an intentional design to just completely um, stifle our immigration system. Well, it's a disaster, and so it must be very discouraging for you guys who spent so much time. I I went through some great briefings at the White House about all the things uh, that were going to happen under the Trump administration, and had he been elected for another term, you would have made even greater gains. I mean, we, we really stopped... Uh, the border leakage, the, the, the wall was underway, and uh, laws were being enforced, and the Remain in Mexico policy was effective. So it's really, it's very sad for America uh, that we have the president that we have. Absolutely. Remain in Mexico was one of the greatest individual policies that the Trump administration put in place. It really did create an orderly process and discouraged all the economic migrants that were exploiting the system. Yeah. So it is, it's hard to see um, how, how quickly they're undoing everything. But yeah. I think we, uh, in only four years, I do think we racked up enough wins that we're going to make it hard uh, for everything to be completely unraveled before we can uh, hopefully <laughs> get this guy out of office. Yeah. Well, let's just hope that's possible. By the time they corrupt our elections, I'm doubtful. Robert Law, let's start the music, you guys. Robert Law, Center for Immigration Studies, Director of Regulatory Affairs and Policy. Only certain people can do that. You know that, Robert. We're not all cut out to do that. <laughs> Regulatory Affairs. But this is what you have to do in D.C. You know, that's, there's, those regulations are like laws now. Uh, they shouldn't be, but they are. That's right. When yeah. Congress fails to define things in statute, yeah. it leads it to us to do yeah. it in regulations. Robert, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's very nice to meet you. And, uh, okay, Sandy Rios will be back right after this. Hey, Robert, what's happening, Mark? This week on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress wraps up his brand new series, Invincible, with a message on how to move from lust to purity. Then we'll start a new series called The Solomon Secrets, 10 Keys to Extraordinary Success from Proverbs. Learn how to apply the Bible's wisdom to your life when you listen this week to Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress. Weekday mornings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. The five hard realities that I learned as a new Christian. One was just because someone says that they are a Christian doesn't mean that they will always act like that. Hard Realities Concerning Following Christ, an article by Wesley Wildman. We make mistakes or have setbacks or failures or even have sin in our own lives. And so sometimes we don't always live up to that standard, that goal of being like Christ. To read Wesley's article, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Sometimes there's a delay between crying out to God in prayer and seeing those prayers answered. It is imperative for us in those times that we don't waver in our confidence in our God. The next verse goes on to say, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. You see, the delay between supplication and delivered answer is one of the ways God develops endurance in us. He desires that the roots of our faith grow down deep, that we become trees planted by rivers of living water, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in His work. 
and this we grow beyond superficial Christianity. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there. I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child, and he had made me choose him or the baby. This mother chose life after meeting with preborn counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound. I just felt so blessed and the hand of God on me so strong. And I knew then on I was going to serve God and I was going to keep this child and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally. Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus. He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Biden lied and people died, and more are dying by the day in Afghanistan as a result of the president ignoring the recommendations of his senior military leaders to leave a small American force in that country and then telling the American people he had not done so. And many more will likely die there and elsewhere as a result of the humiliating strategic defeat that predictably flowed from his decision. Unfortunately, those officers' failure to resign rather than execute orders they knew would lead to disaster assured that outcome. It has had other probably enduring costs as well. These include the alienation and demoralization of today's servicemen and women, a diminished appeal to new recruits, a degraded appreciation for our military and the part of the public, emboldened adversaries, and allies lacking confidence in our strength, judgment, and reliability. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios back with you from the beautiful top rooftop of Fox News in Washington, D.C. We see the Capitol. It weren't for that very large terrine, which is blocking my view. I could really have a beautiful view of the Capitol, but I can see it a bit. It's just gorgeous. And I see a you know, Union Station, which is beautiful. Uh, this is such a beautiful city, it really is, and again, makes me sad to see what's happening to our beautiful country. Neil Monroe is with Breitbart News. He's the immigration reporter, and um, he is so from, from Ireland. That's really funny, Neil. So welcome. Well, it's been a very welcome 40 years. 40 years? You've been here 40 years? Well, let's say 35. <laughs> you know, uh, I think I, I told you I have one Irish, list, one Irish listener from Northern Ireland. His name is Phil. And uh, he is so sweet. He, uh, he writes often, and I'm, I'm delighted. I don't know how he discovered us, but it's fun. So, um, Well, I give my regards to Phil. But you are not from Northern Ireland, no, right? No. There's I, a difference, I think, between Northern Ireland and... <laughs> yeah, we have our tangled things. I'm from Eastern Ireland, and we, I grew up within range of BBC, and so it's a peculiar set of circumstances. But, yeah. you know, I, 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 got, I met an American woman during the Cold War, and she brought me back to the U.S., and so I've been working here ever since. And I've done a whole variety of things. I cover the transgender issue, which is just, from a journalistic point of view, marvelous. Uh, the, the lunacy, the insanity is 
endless yeah. drama. Yeah. And I cover immigration, which is pretty much a similar issue. Yes, also because insane. Because progressives are on constantly trying to blur the distinctions between men and women. And they also want to blur the distinctions between Americans and everybody else. Because yeah. they think they prosper, they get rich, they become more powerful when there are no boundaries, when there are no clear distinctions, when all the definitions are vague. Because that's when Americans can't rule themselves. If words don't mean anything, mm-hmm. how can Americans get together and say, this is right, this is wrong, this is okay, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where progressives are trying to grab power, by blurring the distinctions, by destroying the meaning of words. Yeah, uh, I think you're right, Neil. I, I, uh, and also in, the, in regard to like boundaries and laws, uh, someone has pointed out, and I think it's right, that one of the reasons the COVID restrictions have had such power is because people are living, many people have lived in, uh, oh, this article I read was about California specifically, is that they've broken all the boundaries morally and every way. People don't keep rules, they do whatever, and that these rules, these COVID rules give their life meaning. And, and it gives them a sense of religion, kind of. Yes, but it all, but, and what it means is, the Democrats hope to dominate by diversity. They want to rule by diversity. They want to break up societies where everyone wakes up in the morning and says, well, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's right, I don't know what's wrong. And, it, and they're using the COVID disaster for that reason. Yeah. It used to be, not long ago, Americans would say, okay, I know how to raise my kids, I know how to help run my town, but I need national experts at major universities to tell me about this disease and that policy. And now, we don't trust those guys because they don't trust us and we no longer can communicate. We can't, the experts, the sort of the technical scientific experts don't want Americans to make up their own minds and the Americans say, well, I can't trust you. And so we get to this preposterous situation where Americans have developed the vaccines in an amazingly short time, miraculous, bizarre, preposterous that you could do something so fine and discreet as to destroy a disease with vaccines. And yet now we end up talking about they insisting we should wear masks. It's, it, 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 life gets very difficult for ordinary people yes. when they destroy trust and the meaning of words. Right. No, I agree. Uh, you know, you and I will have a longer conversation, Neil. I only have a few minutes because I have another guest. But uh, just, I know this is an impossible question. But you say a word about how money is shifting around through this immigration situation. Okay, okay, so immigration, lots of people talk about it, immigrant workers, fine. Immigration does expand the economy when you import more workers, when you import more consumers, when you import more renters. Yes, the economy gets bigger. But the extra money sloshes and slides and moves around in different ways. So even though the economy may grow nationally, it means the money slides off toward New York and California and to some extent Texas. That's where the money ends up. That's why it's, why it's so expensive. The investors, for example, if most investors live in the coastal cities. It used to be when they said, oh, I've got a couple of million dollars. I want to open a new business. Where am I going to open it? They'd look around the country for young men and women to hire. They don't do that anymore. They just send a hiring guy out to the local airport to hire the new immigrants, which means that the money stays in New York and California. It doesn't go to Iowa or Nebraska or Colorado or North Dakota. The new jobs are created on the coasts, not in the middle of the country. And what immigration has done is, in fact, make it harder for American families and towns 
to tell the investors, come and put your jobs here. That's one of the ways in which it's messed with things. Another one is universities. It used to be universities. You get your kid up into university or trade school, they'd have a good, clear future ahead of them. Well, the companies are setting up a rule under the current fight. If they pass this amnesty, it could be that the, there's a rule in there that says companies will be allowed to hire foreign graduates instead of American graduates forever and pay them with green cards. And if they do that, that means the Fortune 500 companies don't have to hire your kids or your cousin's kids because they can just hire somebody like me from Europe or Asia or India to do the job for very little money because the same law would allow the companies to pay the foreign graduates with green cards. It's like, you know, basically uh, IBM or General Motors could do hire people in India and say, yeah, I'm going to pay you $10,000 a year, $20,000 a year for the next 10 years, but at the end of it you get a green card. That's a fantastic deal for anyone outside the country. But it's lethal for the American middle class. Mm -hmm. So immigration doesn't just move people, it moves money in vast quantities. That reminds me of what they've been doing with H-1B visas for a number of times. I, uh, my next guest is standing right over there. Art, Art, come. <laughs> so Neil, I promise you, we'll do a longer interview because I want to talk to you more. We'll do a long form where yes, we can do chat a lot, okay? But um, th you can find um, um, Neil at Breitbart News. He is again their immigration reporter. Uh, and uh, he, he does a great job. That's why I wanted him to be on with me. So Thank you. Neil, God bless you, and thank you. We'll talk to you real soon. Art, thanks for your patience. No, I was trying to figure out my time. I went to another guy, and he says... Uh, no, no, you're he right. Says, you're I right. Got he you said, uh, the East Coast time, West Coast time, and I'm like... No, 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 no. Why, why wouldn't you just give me East no, Coast time? No, We're all here on the East Coast right you, now. You it wasn't what? you, it was him. This is going to be too quick, and I apologize, I because we go off in just a few minutes. That's right. I don't have a runner. That, yeah, so this We're on the air right now, so people oh. are listening to us talk about logistics, <laughs> but I have no Nobody to go snatch you. So if I'm on the air talking, I can't. Oh, I hear yeah. you. And no, so, it's a pleasure to be here either way. You know, share some stories yes, and let you know yes. what's going on on the border. And is it Cueto? Del Cueto, yes. Del Cueto. Okay, so Art is a Border Patrol agent. He's National Border Patrol Council spokesperson. Uh, and so now I hear that Art, you are, you guys are racists. Uh, you whip uh, immigrants trying to get across the border, and you know this is what our president and yeah, uh, vice president say. I, I, the morale of your patrols. It's in the it's 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 below ground. The morale, yeah. um, and it's been like that since uh, day one of the Biden administration. Look, uh, hours after he was uh, sworn in, is when we got our first group down there in Arizona of 300 plus uh, individuals entering illegally. Um, and, and first and foremost, you know, I come from a family of immigrants. Uh, I'm not against immigration. I'm against illegal immigration. Exactly. Right? Uh, exactly. I, I, I've said well, it many times before. Illegal is not a race. If you come to my home, I want you to knock on my door and, and ask to come inside my house. And I make the decision. I don't want you climbing through my window. Right. It's, it's, that, that's as it's sitting easy down as I at can. your table and Correct. expecting you to feed. And, and, and I don't. And, and I think it's ridiculous that we've made it so much about Republicans and Democrats when realistically it's about and the race. future. Yeah, and about race. Yeah. When it's about the future of our kids, it's yeah. the future of America, and a few, right. it's, it's our future. Look, we come to this country because this is the greatest country in the world. My dad, my dad used to say it: if the country we left was as good as it was, why did we leave it? <laughs> and, and and that's that's very truthful. Now, when it comes to the situation down uh, in Del Rio with uh, the president saying that the agents out there they're going to pay for what they did oh, unbelievable uh, that's that's just amazing it's it's ridiculous and you know then to hear secretary mayorkas who's the secretary of homeland security dhs he runs it 
All he had to do was contact the chief of the border patrol, who he has direct uh, lines of communication with, and say, "Hey, can can I can I see your training manual? Can I see the policy? Can I ask what happened?" And he would have been told, "Border patrol agents carry split reins. That's where the reins are not together." The reason they do that is so half of it you can spin it in front of the horse and have the horse go the other way so it doesn't tr- and that's exactly what they were doing. They were spinning a rein in front of a horse so the horse can go the other way. And and it's very frustrating. It's yeah. very frustrating. Well, it's interesting that, you know, unlikely allies came forward and AP, I think reporter came forward with pictures and you know, they weren't friendly media, but they came and said, "No, that's not what happened at all." But so that's should be settled, but of course now they're still on suspension and I think there's still well, there's still they, a question they, about what's going to happen, right? The president said they will pay. Oh, yes. Remember that. That's oh, what yeah. his words were. They will oh, pay. Yeah. So shortly after that, what came out was that they're, they're obviously they're, it, they're doing an investigation, and they said that they're going to investigate, and uh, you know sanctions will be put against these agents if they so much as verbally abuse these individuals. So now they went to say verbally abused. So they're grasping and trying to find out how they can say, well, mm-hmm. you know, we got to make them pay. Aren't they are just they're at war? Uh, this administration and the people standing behind Joe Biden are at war with the American people. It is, and, and you that's guys why, represent the American people. And that's why it's great that we have yep. you know an event like this going on because you know, you know you have so many people that are out here and they're 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 saying the truth. They're saying what's yep. going on. You got a lot of guests out here, a lot of people out here, so people can understand the reality of what's going on in our nation's borders. Um, I'm going to do my shameless plug. I have a, I have my <laughs> own podcast that I run called okay. The Green Line. That's uh, through iHeartRadio. And, and, and people can see it. And I do a weekly podcast there because, you know, we get so frustrated. And I say it many times on my own social media. Agents' voices need to be heard. Yes, People I need agree. to see what re- really is happening on our nation's borders. And I, I had a reporter recently that came out there. We're almost and out the, of time. And, and the, huh? We're almost oh, yeah, out I had a reporter came out and said, we need to see the gotaways because we get a lot of gotaways people that we don't know who they are and i said i can't give you pictures of the gotaways or else they'd be gotchas art del cueto he's on you can hear his podcast and uh, i wish we art uh, uh, thank I'm you for sorry having me. but we want to support you no in no any you're doing a good job can. thank God you bless you guys and thank you for everything you do to protect this country and americans thank you so much for having yeah, me sandy reels in the morning on afr talk the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.